Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. In today's episode, we're going to review a very important nutrient. Iron. And we're not talking about pumping iron today. We're actually talking about ingesting it. Um, So specifically, we're going to talk about what can happen if we don't have enough iron, which can lead to anemia, and how we screen for and treat for iron deficiency and anemia at various ages in childhood and adolescence. Iron deficiency anemia is a common cause of anemia in young children. It's even more common to have iron deficiency alone without anemia. Iron deficiency anemia in children four years of age and younger occurs in about 20% of kids living in industrialized countries like the U.S. and nearly 40% in non-industrialized countries. Iron deficiency alone without anemia affects about 50% of young children and teenage females. It's really extremely common. I actually, it was kind of like, Right before I joined to record the podcast, I was messaging with a mom whose infant has anemia and, and talking about treating it. So, so I mean, 50% of having iron deficiency, you can think about how common that is. And we know that iron really plays an important role in making the proteins that transport oxygen throughout our bodies, also helps um, with proteins that participate in DNA synthesis and repair, and really even brain function. So super important. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's rewind and start with some definitions. So anemia is defined as a hemoglobin concentration of less than 11 grams per deciliter for both male and female children aged 12 months through 35 months. And then the normal values change as kids get older, um, and this depends on their sex. So males and females will have different normal values. So by 16 years, a normal hemoglobin value would be 12 for a teenage girl and 13 for a teenage boy. Let's review iron requirements in the first 12 months of life. Okay, so 80% of a baby's iron stores in their body are transferred from the birthing parent to the fetus during the third trimester of pregnancy. And that makes sense, right? But that baby is really like sucking all of these nutrients and important things from the mom. But you can imagine that if a baby was born early, like even in the case of me and Mira having her at 35 weeks, that baby misses out on some critical iron transfer from from the birthing parent. And this can also happen um, where they don't get enough of that iron transferred if the birthing parent has anemia themselves, which is pretty common in adults, um, or if they have any conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, and then sometimes the iron transfer will not be optimal. If a baby is born prematurely, less than 37 weeks gestation, then your pediatrician will likely recommend an iron supplement for the baby in addition the usual vitamin D supplement is being given to children while they're breastfeeding. And if they're drinking exclusively formula, most are fortified with iron, and therefore they may have a sufficient amount with the formula. And then for babies who are born term, so after 37 weeks, then typically it's expected that they did get enough iron transferred during pregnancy, at least to last for the first three months of life. And the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that for infants who are exclusively breastfed, 
they start receiving an iron supplement at around four months old. That's one milligram per kilogram that the baby weighs um, until they've really introduced and, and have complementary foods that contain iron incorporated into their diet. We want to remember that iron supplementation should not be mixed with any milk. Um, and so this is for breastfeeding moms. You know, you feel like you're, you're breastfeeding all the time. And so you want to remember to give it in between those breastfeeds because breast milk or dairy can inhibit absorption of iron. And can you remind us what iron-containing foods are? So I think most people, like, what do you think of when you think of iron-containing foods? Well, the traditional one is something like meat, right? Pro yeah, like a big steak. A big steak, right? proteins. But then there's spinach also, right? Yeah, right. So there's there's heme and non-heme iron-containing foods. So that would be like your your meats versus your your vegetables. So foods rich in iron are typically red meats and pork, but also beans, lentils, dried fruits. So think about like prunes, raisins, apricots. Um, and then for babies, a lot of it comes from iron fortified cereals. So like sometimes, you know, parents know those like baby cereals that they start giving. A lot of those are fortified with iron and even things like Cheerios are fortified with iron. We know that foods that contain vitamin C, so our citrus, can help with absorbing um, iron. And, and we can also think about things like cooking in cast iron skillets. Do you have a cast iron skillet? Yeah, we have one. And I've, I've heard of that. Does, does it really transfer enough iron from the skillet to the food when you're cooking it? I think probably not if you not if you have true anemia, right, which we'll get into treatment. But but it can help a little bit there. It does transfer some. And so um, I don't know. It always seems like a lot of work. You're like not supposed to wash them <laughs> and all of this stuff. So we don't have one. But that is another tip for like increasing it in babies, you know, every day. Um, I always get a good laugh because there are like certain websites that I direct parents to that provides education about iron rich foods. And some of them will like list like oysters or like <laughs> beef liver, mm -hmm. like as like great sources of iron for your infant. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nobody is feeding their kid oysters or beef liver, at least, <laughs> I don't know, not in my experience. That's right. So at infants less than a year of age, they, they shouldn't be having any cow's milk. But once they turn a year old, we advise limiting daily cow milk consumption to less than 24 ounces per day because this can impair iron absorption and worsen iron deficiency anemia. Absolutely. In my practice, I usually say try to limit it to 16 ounces or less, but I think the AAP says 24. As a general pediatrician, I will, and, and most pediatricians will check the hemoglobin between 9 and 12 months at your child's checkup. And this may be with a, a blood draw or occasionally we use, like in our office, we use like a little capillary sample where they poke the finger kind of like when you're checking blood sugar and diabetes. And then if that level is low, then might send for a, an actual blood draw just to confirm. Um, and then some people will check again at two years if there are risk factors present. So if it had been low before, if the kid's a really picky eater or you see any signs of iron deficiency, which we'll discuss. Um, some offices may also send something called a ferritin. Um, and this is like our best marker that we have of how much iron is stored in the body. So sometimes this is a good indicator that that the iron stores are low. And but so even if your kid doesn't have anemia yet, they're at risk for developing it. And sometimes a supplement will still be recommended. Are there signs of iron deficiency or anemia in young kids? This can be really hard to know because 
Really, chronic nutritional iron deficiency occurs really slowly. And so kids are amazing at adapting to having anemia. Um, The usual things that you might think of for being anemic, like being low energy or maybe a little dizzy, those things are kind of not always there in young kids. But parents may notice that their kids appearing pale, especially like the lips or the gums. That can be quite noticeable. Other symptoms, especially as kids get older, would be like difficulty concentrating at school. Sometimes like that feeling of like being a little weak or tired. Or they might exhibit something called pica. So pica is when an individual is eating non-food objects. So in kids with iron deficiency, this can be things like dirt or rocks or chewing on ice, for example. And if you notice this, it may be worth bringing it up to your doctor to just consider screening for iron deficiency. So what if a young child does have iron deficiency or anemia? How, How do you normally treat that? Thankfully, it's pretty easy to treat. We usually give an iron supplement that they take by mouth. In young kids, it's a liquid formulation. As they get older and they can swallow pills, they can take a pill. Um, We also really counsel and encourage more iron-rich foods in the diet. And if the kid's getting a lot of cow's milk, which I have to say, it always tips us off like the most severe cases of iron deficiency anemia I've seen. The kid is like living on mm-hmm. cow's milk. Do you do you agree? Yeah, I've heard that so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, really cutting back on the amount of cow's milk in those those cases. Of course, occasionally we see a kid that has, you know, a mild anemia. The parents are doing an amazing job with the diet already. And and who knows exactly why. But we start a supplement in those kids. It used to be practiced to divide the supplement up to like multiple times throughout the day. That's one area of research that's kind of come out that shows that that's actually not necessary and and harder for parents to remember, obviously, and can just be not pleasant because a lot of times kids don't like to Mm -hmm. take this. Um, So really just once a day is totally fine as long as it's tolerated by your child. You want to give it ideally on an empty stomach if possible. And we talked about avoiding mixing it with dairy. Some parents may ask about IV iron, especially like in teenagers, which we'll talk about. Um, And that's really rarely used in children, only for rare circumstances. So you mentioned the taste. And so some downsides to iron is that many babies (laughs) don't like the taste. It tastes bitter and a bit metallic. And it's iron. So it's a metal, right? (laughs) So so it's not not really surprising, right? Um, And it can lead to upset stomach and sometimes constipation and causes the stools to look very dark. Also, iron can stain the teeth, so make sure to brush after iron administration. Totally. It's it's kind of one of those like vicious cycles because kids that drink a lot of milk tend to be constipated in the first place. <laughs> and so I'm usually like treating the kid or like trying to help the parent with their constipation. And then I'm like, oh, and by the way, you also have to take this thing that's going to make your kid more constipated. But hopefully by cutting down on the milk, we'll kind of like even things out. Usually we'll recommend that the supplement is given for three to six months and then we'll recheck the hemoglobin and the iron stores. Sometimes sooner if the if the hemoglobin is really low, we always like to confirm that it's starting to improve with taking iron. So maybe as soon as two to four weeks, your your physician might recheck it. But it's just dependent on that level. And if the level remains low, despite consistent iron supplementation, then sometimes it's worth looking into if there's another reason for the anemia aside from iron deficiency. 
Right. So even though iron deficiency is the most common, there are other conditions like genetic conditions. One's called thalassemia. Um, and that can lead to a low hemoglobin level. There can also be problems with absorbing iron, but both of these are out of the scope of our discussion today. So although iron is extremely important, you do want to treat it like any other medication and not give it to your child without consulting their doctor. Right. Good point. I mean, I think it's really like in vogue these days to take supplements or give supplements or want to do vitamins. And while I've never seen an issue with iron overload just from like the parents giving a supplement. There are definitely conditions out there. One's called hemochromatosis, which is caused by excessive iron deposition in different organs, and it can cause a lot of damage. So it can also come from excessive blood transfusions. Like if your kid needs to get a lot of blood transfusions, they can get iron overload. So not going to probably come from just giving your kid an oral supplement, but it's really something you want to consult your doctor before you do. So now that we've touched on infants, you mentioned that iron deficiency is also common in teen girls. Yeah, totally. So after we screen in toddlers, unless there are signs or symptoms that are concerning, we usually don't screen again until adolescence, specifically in females when they start their menstrual cycle. We might screen again if, if teens are complaining of like easy fatigue, if they're like super high performance athletes, if they're having trouble learning at school. They're bruising easily. They're they're more fatigued or pale. We might screen in them as well. So teenagers are usually better at describing their symptoms than toddlers, obviously. <laughs> so very um, heavy menstruation or athletes, vegans, patients with chronic diseases or obesity. Those are the ones that we think about. They're all, all at increased risk for iron deficiency. Yeah, totally. And I think it's a good reminder because occasionally, like when I have a teenager who has started her period, I'll be like, Periods regular? Okay, next question. Mm -hmm. Without going into the like specifics of how heavy are they? How many days do they last? You have to remember that like they only have experience with themselves, so they don't really know what normal is. And so you might miss like a teen that's having really heavy periods and is at risk for anemia. A study this year published in the Journal of the American Medical Association looked at over 3,000 American women aged 12 to 21 and found that 40% had iron deficiency. And that means they had low ferritin, less than 15, and 6% had anemia um, as a result of the low iron stores. So if iron deficiency anemia is discovered in teens, the treatment is the same. And that is you'd give supplements and educate the teens about eating balanced meals and increasing iron-rich foods in their diet. Mm -hmm. And if heavy periods are thought to be contributing, then your doctor may recommend a combined hormonal pill to thin out the, the lining of the uterus and, and therefore like lose less during your cycle every month. Um, they might also refer to like a, a gynecologist to look for the causes of heavy menstrual bleeding. And if your child's anemia is not responding to the supplement or the hemoglobin is very low, then your doctor may refer you to a hematologist, a physician with extra training in anemia to help with management. Totally. So that wraps up today's episode of iron deficiency and anemia. We hope it sort of demystified that, that one-year iron screening and how you might incorporate iron-rich foods in the diet to prevent it. Let's summarize today's topic. Iron deficiency is extremely common, and it affects nearly 50% of children, with about 20% having anemia. 
There are risk factors for developing anemia, including prenatal risks like prematurity, diet, so so children that are exclusively breastfed and, and feed for longer, if they haven't introduced complementary iron-rich foods, or they get too much cow's milk, and then later in life, heavy menstrual cycles or other medical conditions. Your pediatrician will screen for anemia between 9 and 12 months of age and in the teenage years, or if there's symptoms of anemia present. Thankfully, treatment with oral iron supplementation is easy, generally well-tolerated, and will improve the anemia, um, which will be monitored over time. We would like to thank Dr. Angeli Pawar, a pediatric hematologist at UC Davis Children's Hospital, for reviewing this episode, although Dr. Lena and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. All right. And that reminds me of a joke. (laughs) All right, let's hear it. So someone told me that you could tell if someone had iron deficiency just by looking at them. Because they were very pale? Because their clothes were wrinkled. What? Iron deficiency. Oh, uh, like an iron. Like okay. An iron. Yeah, okay. So that's like one of the the, the bottom 10% of the jokes. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 